Oh boy, have I got a treat for you guys this evening. So welcome to the home of hard science, just the facts and the proper interpretation, no misinformation or disinformation. But anyway, I've just come across an amazing talk on The Great Reset, and this has become my new go-to to explain what's actually going on, all based on published mainstream articles and documented evidence and reality. So before we get into the talk, and I do want you ideally to subscribe to the guys who gave this talk, Mark Morano at the Heartland Institute. So I'm gonna take an excerpt of the talk and I just think it is fantastic and it really clears up all the confusion that you guys will have. But first I want to show a quick uh, clip of my friend Nick Hudson coming out with a fundamental rule of thumb on how to know when something is a narrative or scamalicious uh, or is maybe legitimate. So here, listen to this. What, what do you think? Do you think there is a parallel be between both COVID and, and climate? Yes, let's, let's take a step back. The general rule of thumb that I believe everybody should adopt is that if any problem is being presented as a global crisis, then it is a scam. And the pattern that we are confronted with is really the fabrication of global crises. Mm. The presentation either of non-existent problems or small local problems as being general global crises. That fabrication followed by the assertion that the only solutions that are permissible are global ones that require a global authority, global control. That is the general pattern that we are up against. The COVID policy response was one of those. Look at what happened to countries like Sweden or Tanzania who tried to push back against the orthodoxy, the new orthodoxy. And the, the climate crisis, the climate change crisis is another example where we are told that the biggest threat to the world is this molecule, CO2, and that an increase in the level of this molecule will cause an increase in temperature, and that that temperature increase will be bad for us, and that the only thing we can do is consume fewer fossil fuels, fuels and less energy. That's fitting the pattern exactly. The other, the other things you can observe is instead of presenting science as an ongoing, evolving activity, it is presented in terms of static knowledge, mm. consensus. And you see the cancellation and censorship of dissident voices rather than engagement with them. These patterns are proof of a scam. That is what people need to understand. Whenever something is presented as the science, as a consensus, mm. it is a scam. You do not have to go and get engaged in all of the minutiae of the scientific principles and the models and the measurements at all. You can know with absolute certainty that you are dealing with a scam when dissent is suppressed. Strong words there from Nick, and it sounds a little over the top, but I tried to think of any scenario where you had consensus of the science uh, static judgments as opposed to the real scientific process combined with a lot of propaganda combined with pushing down on the centers and censorship and ridiculing of people who raise valid questions and if you put all these things together as Nick described I can't think of any example right that's global that follows all of these that is not a scam uh, it's interesting, it, the rule of thumb works. But 
that's enough of that. And now we'll get into this talk from the Heartland Institute. I'm not too familiar with them, but please see the original link below and subscribe, sign up to these guys. Uh, they do a great job by the looks of it. And Mark Morano's talk, here you go. Never ask any questions again. You won't need to on the Great Reset and what it's all about. So I welcome to the stage uh, Mark Morano, who will be talking, I guess, about the Great Reset, right? Thank you. All right. Great Reset. Now, uh, I, I spoke this morning at a panel, but I just want to say that in March 2020, our entire climate energy debate changed, probably forever within our lifetime. It accelerated a lot of trends. What happened in March of 2020 essentially was the, the bypassing of democracy for COVID regulations. And the, the left and the climate activists were very jealous at first. And then later they're like, we got to do the same thing. And this had happened in Obama. They had the, the executive orders with all their climate stuff. And they were trying to, because he failed to get it through Congress. But they were lusting after the idea of just declaring an emergency and then doing whatever you wanted. Very similar to one party rule China. That's my book, The Great Reset. And yes, there is a book. My book came out in uh, September of this year, past year. And I go through the whole, book, uh, the whole concept of The Great Reset, world economic form. And I'm going to explain today how this is a multi-pronged attack. This was decades of trends that led to this, and our whole climate debate now is no longer in the democratic realm. At least they're not—they're pushing it to keep it out of the democratic realm. This is Klaus Schwab. You know him. The pandemic is a rare, narrow window of opportunity to reset our world. He said this in June of 2020, two months after COVID lockdowns hit. Every country must participate. You will be transformed. A reset of capitalism. This is coming from the Davos. World Economic Forum. Uh, these are the people who came up with stakeholder capitalism. You don't evaluate your business on whether it's profitable, you get a return on your money. It's all about whether you basically meet woke principles of equity, diversity, inclusion, climate, environmental goals. Their slogan became, you'll, be own, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. This is right off their video. They later pulled this video uh, and many people, including Ezra Levant and others, saved the video on archive. They tried, they got, you know, they, they, they gave away too much of their game a few years before. Whatever you want will be delivered by drone. Now, this is long before COVID, so you get the idea. There's stay-at-home kind of stuff here. You, you'll, you'll, you'll be, other stuff will be delivered. They even go so far as to describe you won't even own appliances. You'll rent one. If you need a blender, you hit up a little app, and then one gets delivered within minutes, and then and you're finished with it. You, you come back. A drone will take it away. They have this arrogance of this vision of this great reset where bureaucracy is going to just be incredibly efficient. They predict a billion people will die of climate change, displaced. Meat, this is about meat, it's important. It's an occasional treat, not a staple for the good of the environment and our health, because that's one of the things they're doing. So what I'm going to talk about today is very simple. These are the intentional collapse of modern society. They're collapsing our free speech rights and currency, along with that central bank digital currency, which I'll talk a little bit about. Our current energy system, which you know all about, is being intentionally collapsed for this net zero utopian vision. Our transportation system is being collapsed. And the, the, make no mistake, a mandate for electric cars and banning of gas-powered cars creates car shortages. That's all it can do. 
a la Cuba, a la East Germany with the old crappy East German Trabant where you had to be on waiting lists for years. One government approved car was the Trabant and that's where it's going to be here with that. So we're going to be like a Mecca with Cuba if we allow this to go through. And the, 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 the secondary phrase here is this will happen if we allow it. We can't allow it. Our ability to own home and property intentionally collapsed. Our high-yield agriculture, which I think Patrick Moore and some others are going to be talking about, is being intentionally collapsed to create man-made food shortages. And we'll talk about that with uh, what's going on in the Netherlands. So in 19, I believe this was 1919, the Russian Revolution is going on. The slogan for Vladimir Lenin doing the uh, czar, against the czarist Russia was, the worse the better, worse is better. Now, I've done a lot of interviews in the Great Reset, and they're like, oh, you know, that's just not going to happen. They'll never be able to achieve that vision. And that's I'm like, it's not really about achieving their utopian vision, whether it's on energy or the ideal number of people. It's about creating a massive amount of chaos, which would then put them in charge of this chaos. We're already seeing calls to nationalize the energy industry because the free market failed to manage energy. Every time there's a blackout, more calls to nationalize it. Once they create a food shortage, we've been warned by Al Gore and the United Nations and, and people like James Hansen, climate will cause great food disruption. No, the climate policies will cause great food disruption. And so once their policies cause this disruption, the intentional collapse, then they get even more power and do more of the same policies. And that, make no mistake, is how they're going to get us this chaos and shortages get you more likely to be open to eating insects as a protein source, more likely to be eating Bill Gates' lab-grown meat, which is different than the Impossible Burger, not the vegetable. I'm talking about lab-grown meat, stem cells from a cow or a calf, grown in a steel vat, cultivated for a few months, and then literally printed up on a 3D printer. Uh, World Economic Forum loves that idea. Hey, what's for dinner, honey? Oh, I'm making a steak, uh, one of those synthetic steaks. It'll be ready in about 20 minutes. It prints up uh, you know, three kilograms a minute or something. This is what they're literally talking about. They don't want to have us the old system. So this is a 1932 book. This is FDR's kitchen cabinet, Stuart Chase, an economist. In his actual line in the book at the end of the 1932 book is, why should the Soviets have all the fun remaking the world? Now remember, this was during the time New York Times was praising Stalin's land reforms in Russia, his five-year plans, the agricultural revolution. Roosevelt's cabinet got caught up in this. They, when he means by have all the fun, he means this vision of this ruling class elite being able to manage and plan and micromanage every aspect of your life, the administrative state. That's fun for these guys. And as I mentioned this morning, every era of history, the ruling class has tried to invent ways in which to make the rest of us lose our freedom, and they want to make us happy that we're losing our freedom. It's for our own good. We're protecting you from whether it's even terrorism or the climate or the environment or food shortages or is this chaos. We'll protect you. You just have to give up your freedom. And COVID was the exact example of that. But in, 19, in this book, in Roosevelt's Kitchen Cabinet, he envisioned, this is incredible, control of banking, credit by the government, control of energy sources, hydroelectric, coal, petroleum, control of transportation, railway, highway, airway, control of agricultural production, state control of communication and propaganda, their phrase. What's amazing about this, they didn't achieve that all then, but these, this has been their goal. So they wait, it's lie in waiting. They wait for that crisis to push this. So what's happened, I think, since March of 2020 and why everything's changed, just in terms of politically for us, 
The once free West is copying China's one-party rule. This is the World Health Organization sent a sham investigative committee in January, February of 2020. Go see what's going on in China. At the time, China was locking down. They had the hazmat suits. They were telling people that people were dropping dead in the streets, if you believe the videos, and they were doing a complete lockdown. Well, Anthony Fauci got on board, Neil Ferguson, and the WHO, World Health Organization, said, copy China. Italy did it, and then it came to the United States and globally, and we all locked down Uh, Neil Ferguson said, if China had not done the lockdown, the year would have been different. So this was done like, thank God for China. That's their mentality. So the once free West for years has lusted after this one party Chinese style rule. This is Tom Friedman on the pages of the New York Times. This wasn't like, oh, he said it in a blog or he was in an interview. One party autocracy certainly has its drawbacks, but it's read by a reasonably enlightened group of people as China is today. Don't you know they support climate change? It can also have great advantages. The one party can impose the politically difficult but critically important policies needed to move a society forward. This is our ruling class, pages in the New York Times, praising China's one party rule. United Nations climate chief, Christina Figueres, uh, former chief, she lamented US democracy as detrimental in the war on global warming and lauded one party China for, quote, doing it right on climate. Apple CEO Tim Cook, a few years ago, claimed China aligns completely with Apple's values. I mean, who could not look at China and just think, wow, they're so impressive. They're aligned with all of my values. Cook defended the Communist Chinese Party as very fixated on doing the right things to avert climate change. So all you with an iPhone, ditch it. Of course, Google phones and Androids probably know better. But anyway, the point is, this is the the corporate government collusion. Justin Trudeau, 2013, there's a level of admiration I have for China because their basic dictatorship is allowing them to turn their economy around on a dime. Wow. Good work, China. Uh, German economic professor uh, Anthony Mueller, the lockdown and and the consequences have brought a foretaste, a permanent state of fear, strict behavioral control, job loss, growing dependence on the state. So remember, that chaos that, that, that Vladimir Lenin used against Tsarist Russia, the more chaos you have, the more people dependent. We saw this when I was in the U.S. Senate. They would pass these, try to do cap and trade, and as a compensation to raise energy bills, the government would then come in and subsidize the poor. Well, that's a win-win. You get to have your Democratic donors get all the wind and solar and subsidies and make energy expensive. At the same time, you get more voters dependent on the government to pay their electric bill, which means you have more voters to guarantee your re-election, more people dependent on you. Lockdowns in this situation were very similar to, I would call it, a climate solutions on steroids, because for years they talked about planned recessions at these global climate summits. What was a lockdown except a massive government-induced recession? And they didn't work. Uh, in, in terms of COVID-renowned Stanford epidemiologist John Iannonis, there was a clash between two schools of thought, authoritarian public health versus science, and science lost. And I think you could change the words there for authoritarian climate science versus science and science lost for the climate debate as well. Klaus Schwab is, a, is, you say what you will about him, he's a master strategist. He says, we penetrate the cabinets, like an old Bond villain uh, that you'd see. And he brags about people like Justin Trudeau, half of his cabinet, cabinets throughout Europe. It's an amazing how the young leadership program that he's indoctrinated, much the same way Al Gore has his up climate apostles that he pushes forward. The Great Reset, these are some of the cabinet members and officials and people tied with the Great Reset. 
We penetrate the cabinets around the world. You can watch the video of that. And when they say follow the science, this is really what it's about. The science, and you all know that in this room, the politics leads the science. So if you hear the science with a trademark next to it, it's anything but the science. Uh, Thomas Sowell, I think, put the best summation. Experts are called in not to provide factual information or analysis, but by officials to give political cover for decisions already made. So whenever you hear about, well, the experts say, it's because politically that's what they decided the experts were going to say, not because the science of any kind showed it. Otherwise, you wouldn't end up with kids in a green bubble for band practice during COVID because this was public health following the science. This actually happened. That was in Oregon. Governor Newsom, lockdowns made billionaires richer. He actually was asked about this, and he said, how can you say we're hurting the California economy? We have all these new billionaires. We're leading the world in the creation of new billionaires. Our economy is doing great in California. Well, how can you, you criticize? We all want to be prosperous, right? How can you criticize Newsom for that? Well, here's the problem. During these lockdowns, workers lost $3.7 trillion in earnings, with the biggest thing happening to young people, women, uh, and minorities, actually, too. And guess how many, and billionaires made about the same exact amount. The pandemic created a new billionaire every 30, uh, 30 hours. So it was the largest transfer of wealth from poor middle class to the wealthy. All the mom and pop restaurants crushed, but hey, Amazon was open. Government unelected bureaucrats without a vote of parliament, Congress, city hall, town council, churches closed, weddings, funerals canceled, backyard barbecues, you could get rewards if you snitched on your neighbor, they could have their utilities cut off if, if you have too many people in your house. Vaccine mandates, mask mandates, but the big corporations stayed open. Walmart was open, Amazon boomed, big tech boomed, Zoom all the small businesses, and this was always, it's harder to control the small businesses. So in terms of waiting for that moment, that crisis, don't let it go to waste, that's why lockdowns were so important to this agenda. Also, Anthony Fauci, hey, he made, so his net worth soared 12.6 million during this lockdown. And everyone making the decisions to lock down and keep these lockdowns, none of their jobs were dependent, whether it was public health official politicians or the big media that supported it, they were never gonna be affected by these lockdowns. They all had jobs. In Australia, I don't know, Ian Flymer was up here, but Australia seemed to have lost its mind during the pandemic, probably the most authoritarian response next to China, and Canada would be a close second with Australia, and then maybe New Zealand after that. Uh, but they were had the authorized, under emergency powers, break into any land, structure, vehicle, whatever force, direct a prohibit movement of people, put people in quarantine. They had quarantine camps set up. They had track and trace apps. You go to a grocery store, six hours later, you get an alert. You were near someone who later tested positive. You might be eligible to go into a forced quarantine camp. Well, guess who? But Bill Gates, the number two funder of the World Health Organization, thinks the whole world should emulate. He can't say China because it's a little too far. We should do exactly what Australia did. And why do we care what Bill Gates thinks? Because this man, tens of millions of dollars to the media, buys his own media, and most importantly, he is the number two donor to the World Health Organization, which is seeking a pandemic treaty now. Bill Gates, next to the United States government, owns the World Health Organization. And they're also beholden to China, the World Health Organization. One of the best things Donald Trump did was withdraw funding and support for the from the United to the World Health Organization. If you think the UN is bad, you haven't looked at much into the World Health Organization. Much, much worse. So part of the thing they play is the language. This is Merriam-Webster Dictionary. They redefine the word anti-vax not to be you're against vaccines, but if you were against 
vaccine mandates. This was a shocking uh, thing. So now anyone who didn't get their sixth booster was an anti-vaxxer, and that's the war language that was a corporate government collusion. Justin Trudeau said, how do we tolerate these people? It turned into an incredible demonization. We learned all this. My talk this morning is what I learned, the, everything I learned in the climate debate applied to COVID. I'd already understood it. And this was one of them, the demonization and attack of climate skeptics. Well, he went after unvaccinated and said, uh, how do we tolerate these people? In a very, I don't want to be accused of Godwin's law, so I'll say a 1930s Germany way there. No one knows what I'm referring to. Bill, Bill Maher, who now is, I'm, you know, I'm willing to welcome Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Naomi Wolf, Bill Maher, these, Russell Brand, Jimmy Dore, we have to build a new coalition. It's not left-right anymore. It's freedom versus tyranny. Bill Maher said of Justin Trudeau, I thought he was a cool guy. And then I read what he said about how do we tolerate the unvaccinated. It's like, tolerate? Now you sound like Hitler. And he said, this is HBO's Bill Maher, corporate America. So the idea of a permanent climate crisis, they all, they all did this with COVID. We need a permanent pandemic because of the power. Scottish government seeks to make government powers permanent. Jane Fonda said COVID was God's gift to the left because it basically gave them everything they wanted without the messiness of democracy. Slovenia, drivers must present COVID certificates to refuel their cars. You see what's happening here. This was what happened. You're spending, and this is now central bank digital currency. This is the UK Telegraph. Your spending is now restricted to what the government deems sensible. This past year, 2022, Joe Biden issued America's first um, central bank digital currency executive order. We're now moving toward this sort of cashless society. And look at how frightening this is. Digital cash could be programmed to be ensure it's only spent on essentials or which that which an employee or government deems to be sensible. So you want to use your own money to buy meat, tobacco, uh, alcohol, fuel up gas, or keep your thermostat a few degrees cooler? That's not sensible. That's not a sensible expense to the government. This is what's coming down, and this is the ultimate corporate government. When Justin Trudeau didn't like the trucker protest, he literally picked up the phone. First of all, he declared the Emergencies Act, which made them into domestic terrorists. He picks up the phone, calls the bankers, and says, I want you to cut off access to all these truckers, their own money. This wasn't like, we'll cut off access to services. The truckers couldn't access their own money that was in these banks. And then if you made a donut or coffee for them, you would have access to your money cut off as well. He also had their insurance canceled for boot. That is corporate government collusion. We used to call it fascism. This is Donald Trump's national security advisor, uh, Flynn, after careful, Chase Bank, after careful consideration. Because of his relationship with Donald Trump, they didn't like it. They considered an advisor to Donald Trump a, quote, reputational risk to Chase Bank and they canceled them. Now there was a huge outcry and they later came back on, but we've seen similar stuff with uh, Airbnb. If they don't like your politics, they take it away. We saw it with the GoFundMe sites. If the, if the ruling elites don't like the cause, they take the money and uh, they were gonna give it to someone else and then they ended up being forced to refund it. But we're not far from the day where you're gonna have your card decline. I think I'll talk about a little bit here about the, the MasterCard and the United Nations teaming up to have the, uh, um, teaming up to have the carbon footprint cards, and it cuts off your spending when you hit your max. 
Big tech censorship is government censorship. We saw Anthony Fauci and the head of the NIH colluding to stop the Barrington Declaration. We've seen the United Nations claim they own the science on climate change. We saw the Biden administration providing lists of names, and they're all shut down. It's not like, oh, these are private companies. They can do what they want. This is absolute government farming out its censorship in violation of our First Amendment. Flicking the kill, governments embrace internet shutdowns as a form of control. In these pandemic planning sessions, Event 201, Rockefeller, they talked openly, and in the preceding ones right before COVID hit, they had these simulated events with actors and movies. So they talked about misinformation and shutting down the global internet, global communication to prevent misinformation. So they're going after your speech. This is New Zealand Prime Minister actually said, we, the government, will continue to be your single source of truth during COVID. Trust the government. Of course, Anthony Fauci, I am the science. The UN declares we own the science and the world should know it. And of course, Google partnered with them to make sure that results from the Heartland Institute or anyone else, uh, Anthony Watts or Climate Depot, would be suppressed. This is how they do it. Love this quote from John Kennedy. This was during the founding of uh, Voice of America. We should not be afraid to entrust people with unpleasant facts, foreign ideas, competitive values. A nation afraid to let people judge the truth in falsehood in an open market is a nation afraid of its people. They are terrified of us. And the idea, the key line in this is judge the truth and falsehood. That's what they don't think we can do. That's what the whole world of fact-checking, in fact, CFACT is being, uh, our website, uh, we're being investigated for a possible fact-check, uh, you know, these ratings groups that come out. COVID climate reset. The next crisis is already waiting for us around the corner. It is the climate crisis, Klaus Schwab. So Richard Lindzen, who's here? I use this in my book for my key climate chapter. I love this quote. It's from Richard Lindzen in 2009. I don't know if you remember saying it, but it's hard to imagine a better leverage point than CO2 to assume control over a society. If you gain control, you, so to speak, control everything. Well, they imagined it. Uh, a fear of a virus that was weaponizing our breath became actually even more powerful than uh, than carbon dioxide, and they were able to achieve everything they wanted. It called a flu d'etat. Overnight, we basically became part of the Green New Deal. Everything that ever wanted was uh, uh, implemented immediately. A stop of air travel, school promise of the free health care, status quo, ability of people to sit at home without working, receive a paycheck. This was the fantasy that they'd had. World Health Organization, climate is the greatest challenge. This was done a year and a half before COVID hit, so they're set. Remember, climate cannot stand on its own anymore. I do not believe. I believe it's going to be climate, COVID merged together. I'll explain here in a second. Climate lockdowns. I won't spend too much time here, but it is interesting. The origin of the phrase lockdown is a prison term. Uh, it's meant to control the movement of inmates. This is interesting. Eva DeBoer, UN chief uh, climate advisor, 2013 said the only way we can achieve these temperature goals is to shut down the whole economy. Well, gee, that's that's seven years before we actually did shut down the whole economy. November 2019, a few months before we were verifying COVID and before the hysteria hit, the UN demanded, this is from the UN website, 7% yearly cut in CO2 just six months before COVID lockdowns began. 7% in November 2019, follow me. By December 2020, one year later, guess what? World carbon dioxide emissions fell 7% in 2020. Now, do you want to bet against the UN? They called it, it happened, and they got exactly what they wanted. I was impressed. I don't know how they did it, but that, that was eerie. I was doing searching this, and I came across this. They called 7%, and then it happened. 2021 demand. 
continued lockdown like emissions. Actual headline, UK Guardian, global lockdown needed every two years, needed to meet Paris goals. There you go. That's all we got to do. Just have lockdowns every two years and we can finally solve global warming. Why can't people just go along with it? COVID lockdown helps save the planet. It's, it's, it's not only good for the virus, but it's good for the planet. How could you, you lockdown deniers? So here's what's funny. They'll say, oh, this is a conspiracy. The last Heartland comments, we had the UK reporter here. Climate lockdown is a conspiracy. A Bill Gates, George Fund, Soros funded professor in Europe, Mariana Mazzucato, coined the term climate lockdowns. She said the world may need to resort to, to lockdowns again, this time to, clap, to cl uh, tackle a climate emergency. So they're using it. Their experts that they fund are using that. Under a climate lockdown, limit private vehicle use, ban consumption of red meat, expose, impose extreme energy saving. So remember, climate didn't, uh, COVID was not wasted. These emergency powers immediately pressure on Biden to declare a national climate emergency from Sanders, Ocasio-Cortez, many Democrats in the Senate, climate activists, Scientific American, we're living in a climate emergency, we're going to say so. Here's the key, you go back, and I mentioned this earlier, but the fall of the Roman Republic through the Middle Ages and throughout history, the Third Reich, the greatest abuses of human rights occurred during these emergency powers. Politicians love and abuse them. This is a BBC analysis about, uh, about these uh, emergency power abuse. Uh, the similarities between 9-11 and the abuse of emergency powers. What happened during 9-11 were all terrorists. The 2001 Patriot Act, which was uh, sort of derivative from the 9-11 terrorist uh, emergency power, which we're still living under that emergency act, has not gone away, allowed domestic surveillance of our citizens. And this is why one of the reasons during the school board, angry parents at all these school board meetings, they were declared domestic terrorists by the Biden administration. We're still living in the 9-11 climate uh, terrorism emergency, and it just keeps getting extended. It's bipartisan. COVID emergency powers were ineffective. Uh, they found out that the response, bottom seven of the surveyed measures, so they don't even work. Interestingly enough, and according to this analysis, even when you declare a natural disaster, uh, a, 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 use emergency powers for natural disasters and de declare a disaster area, they don't really help anything with the disasters. Uh, the body count, controlling for disaster, it doesn't really matter. So all this political pressure, we gotta declare a disaster area, it doesn't actually help the area, according to the BBC analysis. Biden could declare a climate emergency as soon as this week. This was last summer, and there's now talk for him renewing that in his final term in office. Estimated to give him 130 uh, different powers. And again, this is what they're looking for. They don't need Congress, don't need no stinking democracy. This is the CO2 monitoring card I mentioned, shuts you off when you hit your carbon max, corporate government collusion, or in this case it would be corporate uh, international organization with the UN collusion and World Economic Forum. The International Energy Agency went kind of weird. I always thought they were more of a normal organization when I was in the Senate. They gave a lot of good data. They've become very woke, for lack of a better word, which is now considered a racist term, by the way, if you say woke, according to Soledad O'Brien of CNN. Anyone who uses the word woke is now equivalent of using a racist term, but their 2001 International Energy Agency report urged behavioral changes to fight climate, a shift away from private car use, upper speed limit, thermostat control, limits on your hot water. Keep in mind, this isn't a Greenpeace blog or Sierra Club. This is the International Energy Agency report. 
UK-funded report, absolute zero. Same language, urge climate locks to stop flying, no new roads, airport closures, stop eating beef, stop doing anything that causes emissions. The last one is chilling, whereas uh, Greg Wrightstone will appreciate this. Regulate carbon dioxide similar to asbestos. Now, we inhale oxygen, we exhale carbon dioxide. So can you imagine we're going to need hazmat suits for everyone in this room if you get near anyone? This is in their report. I read the transcript. This was debated on the, in the, the UK government, this report. And what was sad was that all of the ones that were supposed to be on our side fighting against this, they were terrified to challenge any of the premises. They were sort of the, oh, not so fast. Me too, I, I won't challenge it. Very disappointed. Journal Nature, COVID lockdowns key to begin personal carbon allowances. Restrictions on individuals unthinkable have us more prepared to accept tracking and limitation. British Medical Journal calls for meat dairy price hikes, substantially fewer car journeys, 80% drop in meat consumption. You see where this is going? These are major medical journals now. We're not talking again. I just, we're not talking about, oh, I found some obscure quote from George Monbiot. No, this is the actual power centers of our science, government, corporate, academia. 230 medical journals declared COVID-19 response the template for climate. Well, what does that mean? No democracy, emergency powers, imposing, doing whatever you want a la China. It's very clear about what they're doing. Freedom of movement. Electric vehicles won't save us. We need to get rid of cars completely. You'll go nowhere and be happy. Let's update that. This just happened last month. Biden administration, new strategy to address climate. Don't leave your house. They're looking for more remote work, virtual interactions. Does that sound like a world you want to live in? This is where they're headed with it. Scottish government also just declared era of unconstrained growth in car use is over. Pete Buttigieg, every transportation decision is a 21st century, is a, is a climate decision in the 21st century. Every transportation decision is a climate decision. Owning a car, outdated 20th century thinking. Make no mistake, they're not coming after gas-powered cars. They're coming after cars, including electric cars. They're also coming after your home. Houses pose more danger to climate than vehicles. Rethinking home ownership. This is a professor at UCLA Urban Planning. Given the scope of the climate crisis, we need another kind, away from our ideologies of ownership. How many of you here are guilty of any kind of ideology of ownership? Ideology's bad, bad. They want you to go toward a more collective, healthy, and just uh, city. Owning something creates social injustice. This is according to the United Nations Conference on Human Settlements, Vancouver. Land cannot be treated as an ordinary asset. Uh, it's private land ownership is a principal instrument of accumulation and concentration of wealth, therefore contributes to social injustice. So basically, if you own land, that's a racist act. You'll own nothing and be happy. Don't have to worry about it because Bill Gates is buying it up. Bill Gates, they were worried about China. Bill Gates, who's going to own the most farmland? I'm happy to report that a homegrown American, Bill Gates, has stuffed China and is now the single largest farmland owner. But here's a question. Do you want Bill Gates? Who would you rather be America's largest single farmland owner, Bill Gates or China? I, I, I'm not going to, I have to think about it. It's like Jack Benny. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. You know, it's a hard one to answer. Bill Gates, according to NBC News, America's biggest farmland owner, and here's what I like, NBC News reports, he's not the one in overalls. He's not the one on the tractor doing the farming. He's the landlord. Oh, really? For a second there, I was thinking this was Green Acres, and Bill and Melinda were out there, and Mr. Haney was trying to sell him a rusty old tractor, but no. Why does Bill Gates want to own this farmland? Why does he want sway in agricultural policy? His whole goal is lab-grown synthetic meat, investing billions of dollars, grown in the steel vats that's going to replace meat. He doesn't want anyone in the developing world to eat 
actual uh, agri you know, uh, livestock made meat. He wants you to eat his lab-grown stuff. Great diet, Risa. This is what I was telling you about. Six kilograms of meat an hour. They brag the machine can print up to this fake meat, this synthetic meat. World Economic Forum really wants you to eat insects. Good grub. Drink up. Cockroach milks is the protein drink you didn't know you'd been missing. And here's my favorite. And I think David Legates is going to be talking about nitrous oxide. But here's the gist. Your urine, your pee is now a dangerous warming agent. And how come you say, it's in the Scientific American, it's a peer-reviewed study in the Journal of Frontier and Ecology. Eating too much protein makes pee a pollutant problem. Pee can contribute to global warming. So there you go. So we need to stop peeing, you need to stop exhaling. It's very simple steps we can take if you care. What do I have, doctor? Climate change. Official doctor in Canada, diagnosed a patient is suffering, had heat stroke. And of course, they also want to add climate as a cause of death on death certificates. You see where this is going, nightly death toll counts. Harvard School of Public Health links COVID and climate. The root cause of climate increases pandemics. We need to take action to prevent the next pandemic. So this is it. If you don't support the Green New Deal, the UN Paris Agreement, you are a grandma killer because they're going to end up leading to unchecked climate change, which will then lead to more viruses. That's the new memo. And I'm not, again, this is the Harvard School of Public Health. I'm not pulling some obscure blogger and say, oh, look, this is what, no, I'm not doing this for entertainment. This is, they're screaming this at us right now. Anyway, climate change will make pandemics more likely. This is journal Nature Study. Climate, COVID-19 is awful. Climate could be worse. That's Bill Gates. The reality, of course, destroys the claim. I think this is from Anthony Watts. Uh, what's up with that? Yes, Anthony Watts. 100 years, then uh, almost 99%, almost 99% drop in death when they're trying to scare you that climate's going to kill everyone. The big news right now, you'll see this next week and coming days, this new pandemic treaty. And this is the Washington Post. They call it a radical pandemic treaty. One Bill Gates-funded scientist, the WHO, will be able to declare a, a public health emergency shut down globally. The Biden administration is trying to commit us to this treaty, makes the uh, UN Paris Agreement look like, uh, you know, child's play. This is really one of our biggest fights to fight for freedom. Next up, your kids, is having a baby in 2021 pure environmental vandalism? How many people have engaged in environmental vandalism here? Uh, I'm good. Okay. Um, if you're speechless, that's because climate change is the cause. Climate change is accelerating the loss of language and maybe common sense. I don't know. So keep calm and trust the experts. Which experts should you trust? The EPA chief. He was just at the Ohio train derailment. Trust the government. That was his message as he gingerly sipped that water, I noticed, uh, in the lady's house. Uh, and by the way, train derailments, 2020, Greta Thunberg blessed, blamed on climate change because of bad weather. So the New York Times critical thinking leads to misinformation. Don't go down the rabbit hole of, of critical thinking. Now, I'm talking to you, Patrick Moore. I'm talking to you, Ian. Stop this critical thinking. This is getting in the way. It's not helping in the fight against misinformation. You must not do your own research when it comes to science. Why would you? Just trust the government. The government will be your single source of information. You've heard it over and over. Questioning authority had been too much of a good thing. It's killing people. Let me change it. You're all killing people because you're questioning it. Stop questioning. Let's let people live. And I love this, Slate Magazine. It's time to give up on facts. Uh, what the hell? All right. Just, or actually lay them down temporarily in favor of a more useful weapon, emotions. That's why Greta says, I want you to panic. Why? Because then you can't think logically and you'll go along with whatever crap they're pushing. Economist Milton Friedman said, 
Free societies, the kind we've been lucky enough to experience for the last 150 years, are a rare exception in human history. And this next line is frightening. Most people, most of history, have lived in tyranny and misery. We can never forget that. We can't just assume that the American experiment's gonna continue on when we've allowed all these threats to go unchecked up till now. So, the lowest level of politics was the greatest power against the whole COVID lockdown, led to the dropping of mask mandates in San Francisco, Washington, Baltimore, New York, Philadelphia, because angry parents changed the election in Virginia, almost toppled a de governor, Democrats did uh, focus groups, got terrified that their own base wanted it to end, and that's where they lifted all the, this is according to the New York Times, lifted all the mask mandates and vax mandates in all the major cities. We need emergency power reform. We can argue all you want about persuasion, but we need to stop this, and this is from Competitive Enterprise Institute, we need to stop this cycle of declaring emergencies, and the problem is we're about to get a climate emergency declaration. There's also gun violence declaration, there's a misinformation public, and all these public health emergencies. So the Great Reset should be the Great Resist or the Great Reject. And that's how you should talk to your friends. Uh, and I just say this, the year, this has been the time when conspiracy realities have outnumbered conspiracy theories. All of this will only happen if we allow it. So thank you very much. CFAC, appreciate the opportunity. So there you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I think it clears up any remaining questions that people may have. And as always, huge thanks to my subscribers and my funders, essentially, on Patreon and via PayPal. The links are below for anyone who can help out a little. And really appreciate the people who support me in getting the hard science, the facts, opposing the narratives and the scams and the nonsense, misinformation that dominates our legacy media. And hopefully I can keep doing that because as you can gather from that talk and from a lot of the other things that I've shared, we've got some big headwinds in society that put our children, our grandchildren, our whole free society at risk. And we need to all be working to counter the nonsense and to keep reminding people of the facts and the reality. So thanks so much, guys.